dealing with conflict that so many people are challenged and a lot of the times paralyzed with. And if you study any healthy organization, whether it's a business, a sports team, a a family, it's not that they don't have conflict. They actually do have conflict. Mm -hmm. They they have conflict. You're going to have conflict. Healthy organizations have conflict. The difference is how you deal with it and that it's confronted and actually dealt with and resolved is what is the game changer. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot. And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we have a guest that is going to help us unpack the idea of how do you as a leader skillfully and effectively navigate the areas of conflict? Because you know that we're going to have conflicts and when they come, they have to be dealt with. So the question is, do you deal with them right away? Do you wait? What do you do? Well, our guest today is going to share some techniques, some tactics, some tactics, some hacks, you would say, of how to really manage conflict such in such a way that you're protecting your business, your organization, but also you're protecting the people that you're leading. So it's a very delicate task, as you can tell, a delicate matter, but there is a way to do that. And today our guest is going to help us figure out the best way possible. So without further ado, would you join me and put your hands together as we welcome to the show our guest, Mr. Mark Minard. Thank you for joining me on the King's Grand Show, the show for business leaders with three or more employees who are open to change experience who wants to experience fewer distractions and less stress so they can focus on growing their business and remain competitive. Today, we have a special guest on the show. 
His name is Mark Minard. Let me tell you a few things about Mark and we'll fill in the rest as we go. Mark is a CEO and owner of Dreamshire, Dreamshine, which proudly serves individuals with special needs. He overcome, overcome a past where he was involved in, in jail at the age of 17 to building his own company at age 26 at the peak of the recession. Mark is also a worldwide uh, motivational speaker, best-selling author of leadership, leadership books and personal development books, which are the story of you transforming adversity into adventure taking your dreams to the next level and beyond. Hitting 2 million downloads and counting, Mark is a host of the world's famous Elevating Beyond podcast. Mark is a husband and father of five, so please don't come to him with the excuse that you don't have enough time to be awesome. Mark's <laughs> just an ordinary dude with an extraordinary faith, believing all things are possible. Mark, it's my pleasure to have you today on the King the Grand Show. How are you, sir? Hey, Kingsley and everyone listening. It's an honor to be here, and thank you so much for that introduction. It, uh, wow, that makes me sound like I have a lot, a lot going on for sure. I'm definitely <laughs> humbled, my good man. It's an honor. Hey, my brother, with five kids, man, I'm telling you, having only had two myself, I knew what that was. Yeah, my hat's off to you. <laughs> so so everything we're, we're going to talk about, you could actually speak from a dad's perspective, and that would be enough for business leaders because <laughs> you have, you're running a business right there at home. But Mark, the first question I ask all my guests is this question is, when you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? Yeah, leadership is something that I I do not take lightly at all. And it's something, first of all, something I tell everyone, especially entrepreneurs, it's something I say, until you really learn to understand and learn and master leadership, you'll never make it as an entrepreneur. And First of all, like I don't just have one textbook definition of leadership. One thing that comes to mind right away is leaders aren't born. Mm. Leadership is something that becomes much more connected to your why and to your cause. And if you really believe in something strongly enough, then you will do whatever it takes to become what really is a serving leader. And leadership means that you're not just leading the team or leading the cause, but you're literally serving the team. Like the leaders go first. You're mm -hmm. the one going into that uncharted territory. You're taking the higher risks and you're feeling the fear. You're feeling the doubt. You're like going through hell literally. And you're having to encourage your team mm -hmm. while you're going through it. But the leader gets to the treasure first also mm. going through those uncharted territories and gets to show everyone else that's that's on the team that's part of the cause like also how to get there hmm. but you also get to be the first to discover this new treasure and you're taking the new risks but leaders also that that you know with a book i have coming out goes so much into this it's just a long-winded answer but Leaders are, are responsible for 
for serving their team and you're continuing to grow and develop yourself. And that means serving your team at every level to, to help like coach your different team members to be the best versions of themselves in every area with working in your company, but also as people, like as husbands, as wives. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe leader, a good leader it should be accountable and a good role model. No one's perfect. We all screw up. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. <laughs> but, you know, they should be pushing for it in all areas of life. It, it's not just like, oh, this person is a billionaire, so they're a great leader. Because y- you can hear stories about um, – I've heard some great stories about like Warren Buffett, for example, who have people that work for him that say he is – not only is he a billionaire, but he is like one of the greatest leaders. Mm. And he goes out of his way to coach team members to bring us out to be the best versions of ourselves. Mm. He, he really walks the talk of humility comes before honor mm. and, and, and these type of attributes, you know, and of course, like if, if some people were to jump in my head when I think of like the great greats, I'm, I'm going to see you know, Martin Luther King, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. Winston Churchill, Nelson Mandela, it, you know, th- this is like leadership at, at the highest level. You think of Nelson Mandela, talk about a Serbian leader, he was in prison for 27 years, falsely in prison, mm. and came back, you know, and, and the white people that, that came there in his own country, mm. he, he could have taken revenge on yeah. all of them when he became president, but that humility comes before honor, leadership is about seeing the bigger picture, mm. and... I, you know, I believe at the root of it, it's it's connected to God, and He was able to see. We need leadership. Really, at its core, is the ability to create unity mm. amongst a group of people, which then creates momentum to move that mission forward. And using Nelson Mandela as an example, he was able to stop the country that was constantly having civil war. To create what they now nickname South Africa as the Rainbow Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, know, Mark, you touched on a, a number of points that I'm, I'm I resonate so well with because you know um, you mentioned about your upcoming book, but also like you, as you know, that my most recent book is on the intelligent leader, and I talk about those attributes, or I call them the essential traits of leadership. And the very first trait that I talk about is leadership is stewardship, which means that the servant idea of leadership, the idea of caring for the people, the idea of recognizing them, making sure that they are, you know, that their needs are met, those kind of things. And you talk about that, and I believe so strongly in that because leaders who do that and begin that way will tend to have, you know, the sustainability for the for their um, company, but also have people who will celebrate them. Like you mentioned before, the humility comes before honor. They'll honor and celebrate them at at some point because they recognize that leader is not about him or herself, but it's also among the people that they're leading. And um, so the question I want to follow up with that, because you did such a great job in laying the the, the, um, the groundwork for where we're going in this conversation, um, Mark. Um, what about the idea then when this leader who have to deal with the the stressors and the distractions that come because people are people they're going to have these issues like conflicts and so on 
Um, how do they, what are some things you would suggest for that leader, how to manage both him or herself first and then find a way to manage the, the people that they're leading? What are some things that you would suggest they would do to do a good job in that area? Yeah, that's a great question, Kingsley. And, um, you know, I just always like everyone to know listening with, it's awesome that I have the book and the speaking and everything out there, but the core of so much I do with my company, DreamShine, we serve individuals with special needs. And so combined with that and everything else I have going on, we, we are pushing um, over almost close to 30 team members, mm-hmm. over 20 that are W-2 directly on payroll, not subcontracted. So there's there's a lot of different levels involved there in, in serving le- leadership and something that I learned the hard way, you know, leadership, first of all, it's not easy. It's not just this wishy-washy, you're serving, you're a doormat, Mm. you're you're only helping. Sometimes helping everyone, just like with kids, it's setting boundaries. And sometimes serving leadership also means at a point needing to fire team members Mm -hmm. that aren't willing to be coachable and that are actually destroying the unity of the movement, of the business, of the mission. And for me to learn that, that, wow, that's part of serving. Like, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you're enabling. And, mm-hmm. and people can get those two confused. And and something that you always have to ask yourself when you're dealing with, like, especially with a business, with me, with DreamShine, when I'm faced with some hard situations, I have to look at what's best for DreamShine. Mm-hmm. Because and, and it doesn't mean I don't like this person. It's not they can be good people, but sometimes they're not willing to grow in the yeah. right areas, and they're actually bringing the mission down. They're bringing Dreamshine down, and and so there's times where you need to me- make sure you're making those tougher decisions to, um, you know, p- to get rid of people when they're not willing to grow or they're not coachable. Um, at a certain point, you know, I've dealt with a million things that have happened. I've had people, I also call it fire themselves mm. when they're not willing to change their behavior that's going on. And you addressed it with them and say, you can return, but this behavior can't, um, there, if the behavior comes back, then it's not welcome back to this building <laughs> anymore. So they choose to bring like the negative behavior back and, they basically are firing themselves in those situations. But there's so much about this. I mean, I I have the whole chapter I talk about that's going to be coming out, like why why you suck at conflict. And it just gets into something, one part of managing just kind of a little issue here that I see come up so much is dealing with conflict that so many people are challenged and a lot of the times paralyzed with. And if you study any healthy organization, whether it's a business, a sports team, a a family, it's not that they don't have conflict. They actually do have conflict. Mm. They they have conflict. You're going to have conflict. Healthy organizations have conflict. The difference is how you deal with it and that it's confronted and actually dealt with and resolved is what is the game changer. You know, Mark, and, I think before yeah. I, I want to kind of, um, if I can 
pivot on that because you said something which I think is very key um, because you mentioned a, a number of things, right? The person uh, fire themselves, they, they give them a person a chance because yes, the the bigger picture must be held before for the company, and and because you have to make that a priority as well. But what I hear you uh, hear you're saying, which I think is so key for leaders to to hear, is you're managing your emotions through all of this, so you're not basically kind of you know firing at these people, so to speak, from a place of of where you are just, your emotions are all over the place. Is that sound like you're very calculated, which I believe is emotional intelligence at its best, where you are self-aware, you're managing your emotions, but also at the same time, managing the emotions or the relationship of the people that you're leading. Is Would that be what yes. it is you're, you're, you're saying? Yeah. Oh man, you are, Kingsley, you're, you're so, 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 so spot on with that. And, and I, for, I want everyone to know, listen, I've been doing this for 13 years. And so I, I want I want to understand like this like, emotional intelligence is also a learned skill. Mm-hmm. It's something we can, can we and I'm still always working on it because uh, and I'm going to answer your question. But I just want everyone to understand if they're thinking like, well, I don't have that down the way Mark and Kingsley are talking about it. It's OK. You can start now. Mm. But when you're emotional, you are not rational. And I'm going to, yeah, yes. When you're emotional, you're not rational. Mm -hmm. And so I do get emotional. Like I have feelings like everyone else, but what you have to learn is to step back. And sometimes there's the 24 hour rule. I think we've talked about this before where say someone sends you something or you have something going on and you're like feeling heated up and your heart's beating fast and you know, you're like, and you have the right reason, like you're, you're upset about it. I've learned in those situations sometimes to actually wait 24 hours and, and you're not procrastinating. You're not putting it off. You're going to intentionally confront it in 24 hours, but that's given your chance for your emotions to like stabilize and you're not just kind of lashing out off of adrenaline mm. and, and saying something that you regret. And believe me, I've done it before. And the thing is, like, your emotions can kind of be justified because sometimes people, you know, things can happen that aren't right at all. But when you're acting out of that place of just emotions, you, the outcome of it isn't ever going to help be what's what's best overall for the organization and really to resolve that conflict. Mm-hmm. And And absolutely, you need to continually not only learn to do this and, and model this, but also you part of delegation where I say like delegate your mindset. Part of that is teaching and coaching like how to raise other leaders mm. to be emotionally, to have that emotional intelligence mm. and explain like here's how and why we dealt with this this way. Or a question, again, that helps me to separate myself, like just from the immediate situation, too, is when I ask, like, number one, what's best for DreamShine? Because I'm not just getting into what's going to feed my ego. Like, you have to put your ego beside, you know, did this person do me wrong? Or what's overall best for DreamShine? Like, I I have to look at that because without my my company DreamShine and everyone that I'm leading for that purpose – there, there is nothing to lead. There isn't any movement. So if 
the pulse like dies there, then, then mm. we don't have any funds to pay anyone. We don't yeah. have anyone to leave. So you have to, <laughs> mm. you have to keep that going and ask. And, and sometimes there's two sides of that. It's, it's first of all, conflict is uncomfortable for everyone, but just briefly, and, and it's always worse in our heads. So like Kingsley, what you're saying, like emotionally, the more we think about it mm. and dwell on it, like a lot of the times I to kind of contradict my 24 hour rule. A lot of times I also say the opposite of that is to hit it head on mm. and not mm. to leave conflict unresolved. That's what I teach my leaders also. Do you find, Mark, that there um some people who have different styles of leadership because their personality is such because you're describing even now. I like what you're saying. And I, I jumped in here because you just touched on something that I think is also important because some leaders, they're more they're not, you know, uh, their personality, right? They're more direct and aggressive in their leadership and confrontational. And so they just hit those things head on and not care about who gets hurt in the process. And of course, they leave in the wake behind them a lot of fat- fatality, so to speak, right? So do you find that it takes a certain style of leadership or can people, leaders, um, do this kind of thing because I believe that it's going to create them, give them space and margin to do what they do best and that is to grow their company. So, but I wonder if certain styles of leadership may not be as effective when it comes to these things in your experience and in just, you know, what you have also talked about in your book coming up, but also in your speeches you give. Do you find certain styles of leadership are more prone to be better at this than some? Yeah, well, it's very important that you you definitely always are getting to understand who you are, which which, you know, we hear this with leadership. It, it starts with you taking accountability to grow yourself. And you do have to continue to know what is my am I the type that is, is confrontational and how can I use that as a strength versus versus a weakness or am I the type that is passive aggressive and avoids conflict and and passive aggressive is still aggressive it's just a different way of being <laughs> and, and, and they're all unhealthy yeah um and, and they're all issues that we all struggle with and so there's not just one right or wrong way to do it but there's these main principles that you can't avoid it so it's learning how to confront it and sometimes it's important that you don't leave it unresolved. Like the 24-hour rule, I, I say more so is like if you have something that you know your emotions are just overwhelming you and you really feel like right now I'm not in a good emotional spot, I need to just take 24 hours to let myself calm down. But a lot of times I teach my leaders and myself to just hit it dead on. And by hitting it dead on, I'm not saying it in the way to lash out at them and you never, first of all, we don't ever do it in front of other people. Th- this mm. needs to be a one-on-one conversation. Very good. And you're being respectful. Like you should never be being disrespectful. You should never be yelling at someone or being rude to them. And if you do, because we're all human beings at times, like you need to make sure that you're actually apologizing. Mm. And at times, if you've are the type, you know, I had times earlier on in my company where we had a million things going on and I was like, what are you doing? You need to fit in front of my whole team. Mm. And it was wrong of me to do that in front of everyone. So I made sure that not only did I apologize to that team member who was doing wrong, 
but what I did was wrong. I made sure that I did it in front of every other team member that wow. was there. That's good. Because I needed to take accountability for them to see and for everyone else to see we don't we don't do that here and if we do we make it right. Like you don't just say I'm sorry, your actions have to follow up to prove and show like you really are sorry and how can I make it better? And then if you confront it right away, because the worst thing is when you just keep leaving it unresolved, yeah. you start thinking it in your head, you start trying to read minds, and that never works. <laughs> you start thinking, what are they thinking? Mm -hmm. And it can blow up to this, you know, and I still deal with this, but I've just learned the quicker you confront it and address it and you're, pot, you know, you're telling them, look, you're awesome here. I love you as a person. You're doing great. But... It's unkind to be unclear yeah. and you just have to directly be able to be like, but look, this issue right here, like that, mm. this is causing a problem. Like, I love you. You're amazing. But this has like, this has to change. You know, Mark, you, you, I think that what you were describing, I think if I go back to what you said earlier at the very beginning of this talk, of this interview, you, you talked about the idea of caring and, and serving and that servant leadership. And I believe that having done that, which I believe when I talk about my seven essential traits and talking with stewardship, that when you do that at this point, having to confront in this manner, you have established a relationship with that person in such a way that you almost like earn the right that they don't take it as you somehow having a very ill intent approach. They believe, they believe and trust you in such a way that they can receive that because they know you've established that relationship with them ahead of time. So now you're able to do it in a place of of love, and they ex they almost like say thank you because you're looking out for their best interest. Am I on the right track? That's a hundred percent where you. That's the culture that honestly. That's where unity takes place. Like that's the culture you're continually striving for, mm. and, and you're definitely right. And it takes time, and so you know. But when you keep building your culture, like where that becomes the normal intentionally, then. As you bring more people on, you have to understand up front, it, it's it's going to be maybe a longer discussion a little bit, and you're like helping build that trust, but also they continue to see that as part of your culture. Like my my top leader, um, her name's Danielle. She, she's a rock star. She's been on my team for over five years. Wow. I've spent the most time leadership, like really delegating my mindset with her and we've built that trust like to so much to mm. where she'll call me at. We have our weekly meetings and we have our monthly all team meetings where everyone's there, including myself. And we that's a whole other thing. It's because it's not just like your generic meeting. We go over right. our wins and losses of the month, which includes personal and business. Mm. Um, and it brings us all closer. And she was bringing information up about an individual we had that has behaviors and I, I jumped in without having all the information. I was like, Oh no, wait, you shouldn't have done that. We need to do this. And she was respectful to me and, and kind of just shook her head and, and we sort of moved forward. But when her and I met one-on-one, -on -one, she was like, Mark, that upset me when you did that at the meeting. Mm. Um, because, you, I was telling all of them, you didn't know this, but we had a training before 
And we had this whole other thing set up. And she explained more of the details that I didn't have. Mm. And I was like, oh, crap. I mm-hmm. didn't have the information. And I just jumped in. And she was like, I wanted to be respectful. And I, and I, so I didn't tell. So I wasn't like, right. how dare you question me? I was, I felt, first of all, I was like, thank you. Mm. That you, and it, that's how much it says about our relationship. Cause she didn't say it like disrespectfully, right. like, Mark, I hate. She was like, Mark, that upset me. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's and I was like, I really appreciate you telling me that. Um, and we address, and so I made sure in front of the whole team that not only did I apologize to her, but I let everyone know I did not have all the facts. Mm. I shouldn't. I and I flat out I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Man, Mark, you didn't have to do that. Like, I wasn't wanting you, you know." And I and I was like, "I know, but of course I don't have to, but I wanted to." Yeah. And and you would have done the same. And, and that's and I'll call her out on stuff. And we've had hard conversations and with like life. Yeah. This gets real. Like, it, I, I think, you know, yeah, life it, hits you hard too, personally. Like, it, it and that's, that's part of it. But the beauty of what I like, I he- I'm hearing you're saying, Mark, which I think is great for business leaders who are listening right now, because I think you're calling, you're mentioning some things because when you did it, even though you did not, you didn't have to, but you are, in a sense, injecting in the culture what the behavior you would like to see modeled among other staff members, but you're also saying to them, hey, if something like this happened, because you went and apologized publicly, those people feel safer and more secured that if something happened to them like that, they know you'll do the very same thing. So it creates a trusting um, culture and a, a very, to me, a very That's healthy very culture. True. So I love it. Yes, yes, you're so right. You're so right, Kinks. And I've, what's cool is I've seen other team members as a result where they were wrong in an area I have our whole team on like an all group WhatsApp where where we have our all dream team communication also. And I've seen a team member get on there and publicly apologize to the whole team for something that just my head leader had met with her about in an area that she was accountable of that she needed to fix Mm -hmm. and was like, even though I could blame all these circumstances or whatever, but honestly, at the end of the day, this is on me and I just want the whole team to know. I'm sorry that I screwed up and we didn't ask her to do this. Like she chose and she was like, and I want to take accountability and I'm going to make it better. And I was just thinking in my head, like, that's awesome. Mm. And I told her, like I grabbed her when I want, I'm like, good for you. Mm. Like that was so cool for, for you to do that. And it takes more courage to do that. And it does. It like starts becoming part of your culture and, what happens this this is like the most powerful thing that that that's unstoppable is this unity mm. P- people can't measure unity and the momentum that it grows like you can get more done with less of the right people when you have unity mm. and and leadership like at its core is it's an ongoing battle to intentionally and it's a fight to keep fighting for this unity and and fighting off the enemies of unity. Wow, you know, um, Mark, you are I'm so spot on, and I think that I I mean we could talk all day because you are hitting all those high notes and those points that I believe I most business people um, fail to sometimes acknowledge, recognize, realize because they're so 
product and profit centered, that they overlook these very important elements that make their company more successful. And it also takes away um, that, um, you know, because if you don't have that, it sucks the air and the energy out of your company where your productivity goes down, performance goes down. So I think what you're describing is how to, you know, actually create momentum, create higher productivity is um, people perform much better. So I really like that. And I think that is really the takeaway I'm having around the culture that you're describing is so important and, and necessary for growth. Without that, growth could truly, truly suffer, right? Because people could sabotage and undermine your business. Yes, 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 yes. And, and you never get like that momentum. And, and you're constantly having to wear, we're already so busy, you know, running the company. And, 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 and it makes you like constantly, and we're having to put out the bigger fires, mm. but you're having to put out a billion other fires that are taking out energy. And when you're building unity, you're teaching other people to become firefighters, you know, and I'm not in the, you know, obviously it's an analogy, but you're right. teaching other people to put those fires out before you even see them and extinguish them because you're, then you're able to focus on and put your energy into the bigger areas of, of growing and developing your company and yourself and taking everything to another level. And if you're constantly dealing with everything and battling it, that becomes all of your focus, all of your day, and you don't have like more time or energy to really work on growing and developing your company and yourself. Hmm. That's so true, that distraction, unnecessary distraction that could be avoided. Mark, I'm telling you, you have really given, uh, I think this is like a, a master class on or actually coaching for, for people who are in, in the business, uh, for business owners who are actually struggling and want to create, you know, uh, more margin for themselves to do what they do best. So you have really done a great job of that. And I really appreciate that. And I want to, it's kind of winding down here. I wanted to know, I know your book is coming out in the early part of next year, 2020. Um, and would there be anything else that maybe we didn't cover that you want to mention to the audience? And tell us where can we connect with you, what the best place is to connect with you. Oh, you bet. You bet. And um, thank you, Kingsley. It's always an honor. And um, it's it's definitely worse. The subtitle's still in play, but it's definitely 16 reasons why your business sucks. And we think the subtitle is going to be something along the lines of like 16 proven truth bombs. Gosh, I'm forgetting it, Kingsley. I just was going over it with it, you too. Yeah, it's <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. It's uh I, I I'm drawing a blank. It's like 16 proven truth bombs to to grow like to be freaking awesome in your business, leadership, team, and finances or or something like that. But like the core of it is is 16 reasons why your business sucks. And we go over each one of these things like, number one, you suck at delegating. And then, of course, I talk about how I used to suck at it and how to delegate your mindset. And then, you know, like we were talking about now, you suck at conflict, you suck at finances. And it's these and I'm just doing that to make it more like interesting and kind of you kind of laugh like reading that but it also <laughs> gets really real and it's what I've learned like from in the trenches over the past 13 years 
um, I, I'm really excited about this and I've been taking a lot of time on this book because this is just something that is so important to me and to so many other business owners I know out there. And um, you can just go to my main webpage, markmenard.net, and I'm always happy to connect. It has all my social media links, and it will have when 16 Reasons Why Your Business Sucks is releasing. And uh, it has a bunch of videos on there, Like, and I'm always happy to connect with people on all my platforms of social media and stuff, too, if you have questions. You know, what I like about following you, Mark, is just to watch your, you know, you put, the things you put out there have such great value, the videos, the, the podcasts, the, 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 the things you, you post and stuff. So I really appreciate that. And, and I think that fa- following you is people can get great value. So thank you for having shared that, Mark, and also make that available to us. And um, we look forward to the, the book that will be, you know, such a great book for, for business leaders as they also want to grow their own business. So, Mark, on behalf of the community here on the Kinsey Grand Show, man, I want to say thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us and to really giving us those great truth bombs. <laughs> thank you so much, Kingsley, and everyone listening. It's truly, truly an honor. Awesome. And there you have it, my friend. I, I hope today you were able to pick up a few tactics, a few tricks, a few hacks, a few ideas from Mark as he shared about how to skillfully navigate this this kind of delicate matter of conflict. Because you want to deal with it, right, as you heard, but it's the how and, and what do you do? And I'm hoping that today you're going to take away and you're going to implement some of what you've learned from Mark today, and I've learned myself, because we want to manage conflict very, very well. So I hope that you will let Mark know, connect with him, let him know what your thoughts are on this episode, your takeaway, what was most helpful, just kind of communicate with him and also with myself. I would love to hear from you what it is that your takeaway was. And also, my friend, I hope that you are following me on my social media platform, LinkedIn especially, and engage with us. When we post this on LinkedIn, I would love to hear from you what your thoughts were and or are on, on this topic and post something in the comment section so I guess we can all engage in, the, in this um, discussion, this conversation that we have begun. So, my friend, thank you again so much for taking the time to listen, to be on the show with us, to actually just join us here. It's what makes this show what it is. So, thank you so very much. And remember this, my friend, you are one skill away. One skill. So, today, I hope that your best hope in managing conflict, that the one skill you probably need or need to to use was mentioned in this episode. So let's now put this show back into the vault and so we can close things up. So here we go. Here we go. Let's make it happen. There it is. And with that said, my friend, you know the drill. Peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.